welcome to the Awaken Together podcast. I am Jen. And I'm Kat. And today's episode is going to be a dive into manifestation and law of attraction. If these are foreign topics to you, don't worry. We're going to teach you ways to apply them into your life and also share a lot of how these things have played into our life to give you a little insight on what it can look like. So to start off with just some simple definitions, manifestation is really intentionally creating a new reality. So that might sound a little spiritual and wild, but it is happens a lot more in your life than you probably even realize and think. And then law of attraction is when you attract things based on your thoughts, actions, attitude, and energy. So Kat, I would love to hear you share just a piece of how you have manifested some stuff into your reality. Yeah, happy to talk about that. It's powerful stuff, guys. Yeah, it sounds very magical (laughs) and very big, and it is. (laughs) Right, it is. It's powerful. So it's done a lot for both of us. I know we've talked about this together. Um, You'll go into your story in a bit, which I'm obsessed with the story of how you found your soulmate. Yeah, and may I add that even us being here together and sharing this podcast and you listening to this podcast is all a form of manifestation as well. (laughs) Heck yes. I just snapped my fingers. (laughs) (laughs) That's so right. Um, This is all, we're all here for a reason. So I've manifested some pretty juicy things. My first one that I really remember purposefully manifesting was a two-month backpacking trip to Europe. The next one was moving to Colorado, then leaving my corporate job, all to start my own holistic health coaching business. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Good things. And yeah, I'm going to share too. I feel like my husband was my biggest manifestation come true. And I also think that as I've looked back on my entire life, I can see how every single thing has been pieced together because of different, you know, little seeds planting and then coming back. And it, I see my whole life now as one giant manifestation. I think that's the Mm -hmm. real uh, key as you go through your awakening is being like, whoa, I really can see how one thing led to the next thing. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And in order to manifest what you want in life, there's definitely some work needed, right? It all starts kind of with getting your mind right first, because if you are just thinking about pretty harsh things all the time, there's not going to be a whole lot of space. So I have developed this five-step process, which I've shared with some people in workshop style in the past, um, something called high vibe manifesting that we're going to share with you today. We're going to fill in with our own personal experiences and really make this tactful so that you can follow these five steps and begin working your own magic and manifesting and attracting all that you want in life. Awesome. So let's get started. <laughs> let's yeah, hear it. Shall we? <laughs> so first, I want you to imagine a garden. Like maybe close your eyes and picture a garden that hasn't been cared for in a really long time. What do you see? You'll definitely see some weeds, maybe some unwanted pests who've made themselves home there. And this uncared for garden can feel a lot like our minds if we don't take the time to practice mindfulness and self-love. Really, A quiet mind is the most fertile place to sow a new idea seed, a new dream, a new intention, a new reality that you want. 
And only from there does it have the space it needs to grow big and strong and proud and take up the space it needs in your life. So step one out of five is to cut the noise to make space for it all. So a really great way to do this is to identify your limiting beliefs. So what's a limiting belief? This is the voice of your inner critic that says, oh, you can't do that. You're not enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. You don't deserve all that you want. So really bringing awareness to what the heck these limiting beliefs are is is going to be the beginning of catalyzing the change that you want in life. So maybe this looks like journaling for you, rewriting all of these um, by first just getting the bad ones out there and replacing them is kind of the next part of this is replacing these limiting ones with new empowering beliefs. So let's say that you have a limiting belief of I am not blank enough, right? Even just I am not enough. A new empowering belief to counter that is I am whole and worthy just as I am. So a couple ideas just to get you started there. Unlearning and rewiring is done through mindfulness. So um, practicing this in your journaling work first and taking your power back. Um, So this can be like physical movement, moving through it in your body, get, you know, kind of like in the last episode, we talked about processing um, trauma or a few episodes ago and how you can like physically work through things that are stuck in your body. This can be through words or intentions, service to self and others, um, and practicing this consistently. So maybe for at least seven days, incorporating this exercise into a meditation or a movement practice. Focus on imagining your new thought, your belief, your action. Notice how that feels in your body as you embody a new story, rewriting your narrative, creating a new baseline for yourself, and then regularly coming back to this practice, this place of checking in with your authentic self, this place of like unshakable worth to, again, make the space, laying the foundation, the groundwork, you're sowing the seeds for what you want out of life. Anything to add there, Jen? Yeah. So what what comes to mind, I remember that that was as I was working on trauma work and clearing the space, my own mind, and really seeing that I had so many identities that I had really latched onto when I was doing a lot of the separating from that, I remember feeling like saying positive things to myself, like saying, you are beautiful, you are worthy, you are exactly where you should be. Those things to me felt so cheesy and weird and kind of stupid. (laughs) But then saying to myself in the mirror, gosh, you look awful, like you really need to do like more work on yourself. Like, oh my God, that felt so comfortable. I was like... (laughs) It really was like a, wow, I, I find it so much more comforting to talk to myself terribly than to say positive things. And that was a way I could really, I had to, you know, hone out and be like, that's really an issue that saying something bad about yourself feels more comfortable, like complaining to others and saying like, um, 
yeah, I don't know. Like, obviously my body's not where I want it to be. I look, yeah, I don't look good today. Would feel so much better than walking up to someone being like, gosh, I am just a badass. Like, I just can, like, I am great. Like, that mm-hmm. would have felt like the weirdest thing in the world to do to me. And then I started realizing that even just seeing that I can talk so much worse to myself and feel comfortable and the good feels so adversive, that was where I was able to be like, okay, seriously, I might need to shift where some of this came from. And another thing that popped into my head was I used to feel, I used to think such worst case scenario thinking and then be so happy that I, if something would go wrong, I'd say, I knew it. I knew that was going to (laughs) happen. I told you that was going to happen. And I love to say that. I told you, I told you that wasn't going to work. I told you that was going to fall apart. And I felt like I had such a sense of control. If I could just always predict the negative and stay in the negative, then I had a greater sense of control than if I stuck to the more positive mindset, which was so foreign to me, but I didn't realize how much that was limiting what I w- what I could invite in and how connected I could feel mind, body, and spirit um, and what I could attract around me and shift in my external world as well. Absolutely. So well said. Self-sabotage is a dream crusher. (laughs) Yeah. It felt like control. It felt like a better sense of control. If I can predict everything bad that would ever happen, like how awesome am I? (laughs) Yeah. It's wild to think, but it's like, it's so true. And I don't think people like really stop to think about that a lot of the time, how often it happens. Yeah. And then, uh, so step two, let's go into your second step is really getting clear on what you want. And so this is where my manifestation story, I'm going to share it with you because one of the, I really feel like I'm with my soulmate and married to my soulmate. And I'm not going to say that that sounds cheesy because I'm very, (laughs) I'm very proud of it. Um, But I, I getting clear on what you want to me. I think that because uh, letting your imagination picture something too good feels very adversive. Like it feels like you're going to let yourself down. But for Danny, he, when he came into my life, so this is my how I met my husband story. I met him in 2008. We were on chat roulette. If you <laughs> did not grow up in those times and you never went on chat roulette, do not go on there. It is like the weirdest <laughs> website ever now. But back in the day when webcams were first coming out and everyone was having so much fun getting to connect face to face, chat roulette seemed like such a fun place for you to meet other like teenagers from across the country. And it was nowhere near as creepy as it is today. But we were on there and he was a person that actually wanted, he popped up on my screen. You would hit this roulette button and then a new face would come up and he came up and we ended up talking for three hours on there and we had such a flow to our conversation and we talked about such deep stuff right off the bat and we even joked about like, wow, you seem really great. Why don't we just get married? And we're like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Like, honestly, <laughs> that would save so much trouble. And, you know, we were just being goofy. And um, then we were like, well, I don't want to like lose connection to you. So we exchanged information and he became like a pen pal for me for six years. And I, I dated other people in that time span. And we went from talking sometimes it's just really supportive friends to flirty, just depending on what was going on in our lives and where we were at. But I would envision so many times what it would be like to meet Danny. I would picture it like fully what he would look like, 
how our conversations would mesh. And it was like a daydream that I had so often. I look back and I thought about it a lot. And when we actually finally met in person, it was six years after talking and every single thing that I had imagined like actually was happening. And it almost felt weird to me. Like I was skeptical of even what was happening. Cause I was like, how is this everything that I had thought? <laughs> and I was like, so weirded out by this concept, but we, we meshed so perfectly and I mean, for the six years, we talked over and over again, like how special we felt it would be if we did meet. And we just put so much imagination into what our world could look like if we were together, that it actually came true when we met and started piecing our lives together. I think we had spent so much energy on developing what that would look like that it was able to manifest into reality. I really perceive it that way now. Yeah, you both put that energy out there and there was almost no way that it couldn't happen that yeah. way. Yeah, it and like. it weirded me out. It honestly weirded me out. I was like, um, why is exactly what I dreamed coming into oh reality? But I look back and it's getting clear on what you want. It's really letting your imagination picture the details to the fullest degree. I think creative energy is our higher self or universal energy or our higher power. Creativity and imagination has so much more power than we think. But because we are so trained to think realistically and um, yeah, be a realist about it. Don't imagine too much. This is what starts to happen when we go from our childhood more into our adult years is we turn off our imagination because we think it's not real. It comes back to the, maybe there is something to the fairy tale way of thinking at times, you know, like yeah. there can be a real magic when you let your imagination fully envision something and get so clear on it and let yourself just embody that visually, energetically sit with that. And who really cares what happens next? Your imagination can take you anywhere in that moment. And the more you let yourself envision something, I think you'll be very shocked with what pops through. Yeah, like it's like being a dreamer now is almost like a negative connotation to some it people. Is. It's yeah. wild how uh, that's that's come to be. But let's flip that narrative right now. Let's say, uh-uh, <laughs> dreaming's a great thing because look what it's brought you. It brought you your soulmate mate, and it's brought me some of the most magical experiences of my life too. Um, yeah. Yeah. And like, I cannot like emphasize this enough, like everything you just said, the getting into your senses and like being there in your mind, see it, feel it, taste it, hear it, be it. Like when I was um, manifesting my backpacking trip to Europe over two months, I I did the same things. Like I mapped out everywhere that I wanted to go. And that was 18 countries. <laughs> and wow. I was like, well, uh, this is going to happen. It's going to be a lot and it's going to be awesome. And so I would literally, whenever I had some free time, um, even during the day when I was eating my lunch, like I would think about where, um, like 
eating a gelato in Venice by a canal, I would close my eyes and I would just be there in that moment and allow myself to taste, you know, the sour cherry of the day, eat the pizza, um, just go to like Christiania in Copenhagen and walk around and see the murals, the artwork, and just allow myself to get excited about it and tell myself that this is happening. We need to do away with the I hope language, I think. Yeah, it's a sense of control. If we, if it really is like versus surrender versus control. And I think, yeah, we have learned so much that we need to control our thoughts and not be too out there and make sure that, yeah, we're being real, real about things and realistic to our circumstances. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's where we really lost our connection to our inner child, the magic of our inner child that um, could really change some stuff. Yeah. So that's really what all of step two is about is like getting clear on what the heck you want and letting yourself go there mentally, imaginative, um, and feeling it. And then step three is actually like getting into what we were just talking about, like the control of it. So creating a soft timeline, this is where it becomes more tactful and you want to turn to your journal. So you want to list out all of the actions that you need to take to get there, to get to your end goal, that place that you've been dreaming about. So all the little actions so that it's not just floating around all up in your head, sounding and feeling like just a dream and turning this into plans. Write it all down, even the smallest things. So you can actually just check off each item as you complete them. And that is a boost along the way too. That's going to give you some more energy. Like, oh, wow, I'm chipping away at things and it's getting closer to me. Like I can feel it. And creating that timeline is important. It can be a soft timeline so that you can allow for, you know, unforeseen circumstances to come in and mesh and change it. But think about when you want this dream to come into fruition. Uh, is it weeks? Is it months? Is it years even? And that's okay if it's a long-term kind of vision for yourself. Um, And as it happens, as it goes along, you're going to feel yourself getting closer and it's just a part of, all a part of the plan, right? Mm -hmm. And then step four is casting our intention out into the universe. So this is where I really want to bring in law of attraction. So if you haven't heard of law of attraction, it's Really, how you're embodying the energy is what you attract. So if you're coming into everything with a negative mindset, which is kind of how we are taught to think when we think of being realistic about things, when we're taught to perceive things negative, like that is what we start to attract. Like when you think something's going to go wrong, usually it'll go wrong. If you think of something going right, which maybe you don't do as often, it's amazing what can actually then go right. Um... And we worry about getting our hopes up and letting them down. And sometimes, yeah, we we want something to go a certain way and it doesn't, but we really have to look at how our mindset has been even kind of beyond just maybe that one moment. There can be little letdowns in the day. And that is what is beautiful about what we said in step three is writing these things down is it might not be this linear line to, from one point to the other. It might have some up and downs, and that's why it's good to have these more consistent check-ins. But what we embody energetically, which we've even talked about doing energy work and meditation and yoga as being like ways to 
shift your in- energy in a way to maybe a more positive, present moment way of thinking, that is a, a beautiful way to start working on your energy and maybe what you are attracting into your life. But it is also a mindset thing with law of attraction and letting, yeah, letting yourself put out more positive thoughts. So adding in affirmations, I think is a huge law of attraction type thing. If you start waking up and setting your day with these, I am this, I am this, and you come up with these strong words to embody, um, I love to use the affirmation, I don't chase, I attract, what belongs to me will find me. I love repeating these like statements in the day. I have a law of attraction playlist I love to listen to. I love it. (laughs) It's so good. And yeah, just letting yourself into that energy of like, I trust, I surrender, I, I am going to fully embody a sense of wonder and positivity into what I feel and believe and what my energy aura is putting out there so that I can have things come in my way that maybe I never could expect under a regimented sense of control and kind of fear-based thinking. Yeah, going into this place of flow rather than force, right? Allowing it to come to you and being able to embrace all of that along the way and you know, I think holding yourself accountable to this is um, really important and like telling people. It can be a really scary thing <laughs> mm-hmm. to be like, oh my gosh, I've been doing all this work. I've made space. I've gotten clear on what I want. I've made a timeline. Now I have to tell people about it. That means it's real. That means it's actually going to happen. And then the fear creeps in, starts changing stuff because you don't want to sound like a crazy person, but we really need <laughs> to look at why that started to sound so crazy. Why yes. is putting something positive so crazy, but then being so negative, so accepting? Like, Really, we really got to hone out on this. And I, I've thought about this a lot through uh, my religious upbringing, as I've brought up many times, but I was so taught about fear and felt so much more comfortable and in such a better relationship to fear originally. And that is su- fear is such a low frequency. And we know what fear does to the body now. We've talked about that. It jacks up your nervous system, which our nervous system is how we respond to people around us, the world around us, the stresses around us. And so fear-based thinking attacks your nervous system. So why, you know, are we so much more comfortable around fear? And then love is such a, you know, thing that we're so careful with. You know, we want to look at love as the highest frequency and inviting in so much more good when we look at things through the lens of love, which law of attraction even shows on how are you relating to the people around you? Are you always looking at what they did wrong? Are they, are you always looking at the worst of people or can you find a perspective change to send softer energy out? Because that could even be affecting what can come to you if you're perceiving people through their worst you're also projecting a lot of fear, anger, resentment out from your energy body versus embodying softness and love and knowing that you're safe in your softness. Yes, and that is like the most perfect segue into step five, which is just that it's practicing self-care and staying the course, trusting your intuition while all of this continues to unfold. Because you really, you can't, pour from an empty cup, right? Um, You need to be really rooted in yourself in order for this to work out how you want it to. And even a dribble 
of your cup. Like that's not enough. <laughs> like yeah. manifesting your life dreams isn't for the weak of heart. It really needs to flow out of you. And there's things that you can do to ensure that happens, to set yourself up for being in a good place. So we've talked about self-care so many times. It's so important, even um, in our last episode with your rituals, like leaning on those in these times. So going for a walk, connecting with nature, like forest bathing, leaning into your yoga and meditation practice, having a heart-to-heart with a friend, your partner, and returning to step one, returning to those limiting beliefs and those new beliefs that you're replacing Because they pop with. up over and over and over and over and over oh, again. Oh, yeah. They <laughs> will continue to sneak back in. It's not like you just replace them once and they go away. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to keep reappe- reappearing in your life and being sneaky. It has to become really muscle memory for when, a, when one of those uh, resurfaces to retrain your brain to kind of counter it with that new empowering belief each time and noticing it, noticing which ones continue to resurface and thinking about that, not just like putting a bandaid on it every time, but like considering, okay, why is this one really coming up to me right now? Am I being triggered in some sort of way and leaning in there? So the consistency is the key to it all. Yes. And I want to share one more thing in this episode because I think there is definitely a shadow side to manifestation that is worth bringing up that sometimes when really bad things happen to us, once you're kind of on this spiritual journey and you're thinking with this, you know, kind of different perspective and mindset, you can get worried when something bad happens to you that it was somehow something you attracted. And I think it is very important to remember that This way of thinking is to change how you're moving through the present moment. We still don't have the full picture of what our soul signed up for, what we are here to learn, what circumstances are going to fall into our life. We still don't have a sense of control for every single thing that is happening and really understanding that when something happens, it doesn't mean that it came from your way of what your energy aura was inviting in. There could have been such a deeper thought behind that. You don't want to get such fear-based thinking into, gosh, did I attract that? Like, why did that guy just say something terrible to me? Like, what was I putting out there? I think we have to also keep that perspective that this is more of a thinking mindset, not necessarily going to dictate every single thing that happens, but does it invite more magical things into your life? Yes. And I think sometimes something bad happening ends up catapulting us into a whole different life path. And that can be very corrective for what our soul came here to accomplish and remembering that there's still going to be waves of things that happen. But this way of thinking is to keep us grounded in the present moment and really watching what we are embodying and putting out into the world. Because when we tap into light and love, it's not all going to be light and love, but it definitely helps to expand this more positive way of thinking into your inner circle, which ends up just, you know, going further and further out and can really bring us back collectively, I think, to a much better place. Yes, guys, shitty things are going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yep. This isn't a magic formula to stop the shit from ca- happening in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jen, you said it so perfectly. This is a mindset. This is a practice. This is a way to stay rooted in, in trusting, um, sticking the course, staying the process, and know that good times will come. They always will. 
following your heart and um, you, you know, we're not in control in life. <laughs> we are a kind of, um, there's things we can control and there's things that we just have to buckle up for and ride the waves. And this is meant to bring us back at some of that control or at least the feelings of it and know that those goals that we have for ourselves, they might feel crazy in one moment and then the next moment you're there and you have it. So, ah, thanks, Kat. Such a good combo. Likewise. So grateful for you, Jen. <laughs> yes, we're so grateful for all you guys and we will see you next week. Bye. See you soon.